Monday edition recap Monday. What's going on? Long weekend, or it wasn't that long enough, but it uh, was starting already for me because I started on Sunday and I worked. Yesterday was my first day, then today's like my Tuesday. Went all the way up to Toledo and back. Yes, it was snowy. Yes, it had a bunch of dumped about six inches of snow up there, but still made it up there safe, made it back safe. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, like like to see Toledo. I wouldn't want to live there, but it's uh, pretty nice right there off the lake, Lake Erie. But anyways, we got some top headlines to talk about right now. Then we're going to get a recap Monday special. Check, take a look at our NFL picks, or my NFL picks, and then the UFC picks as well. Had a pretty good, had did pretty good in NFL and the UFC. Usually do pretty well in the UFC on the UFC fight night, but this was UFC 270. We'll get into that in here in a second. So, top headlines throughout the sports world. You ready? MLB Players Association plan to meet again Tuesday after sides make progress. So, the MLB and the Players Association meet again Tuesday after a Monday bargaining session led to the first silver of progress between the sides since the league locked the players out December 2nd. This happened on Monday. This was today. In a face-to-face meeting, which lasted about two hours, the union offered a broad proposal in which it dropped its request for age-based free agency and significantly cut the amount of revenue sharing it asked the league to funnel away from small market teams, according to sources. I I know, I, real, real quick side note, um, according to, uh, with, with the Major League Baseball, I heard a podcast about this today, earlier this morning, and it talked about how um, Major League, the, the, they made a lot of money, okay? The Major League Baseball made a lot of money. This is pretty much trying to break it down for you guys to understand, because I still didn't really understand. Uh, so the MLB Players Union um, wants the piece of the pie. All right. That's what it seems like to me after the uh, listening to the podcast. I, I, I'm, unless I'm, yeah, this is a, talking about the minimum salary, talking about the um, bump of competitive balance tax threshold, talking about all kinds of different things. And it's, it gets even deeper into the amount of money that Major League Baseball has made and their payout towards the Major League Baseball players. And it should be more. That's pretty much all they're trying to say here. At least six dead following Crush at Cameroon's win in Africa Cup of Nations. So listen to this. This is crazy. This just happened about an hour ago. At least six people have died in a crush outside a stadium hosting an Africa Cup of Nations soccer game in Cameroon. I had a buddy that lives in that's from Cameroon. Um, governor um, of the central region, Bia, said there could be more casualties. Quote, we are not in position to give you the total of number of casualties. Some kind of stampede or something, it said. The stampede happened as crowds struggled to get access to Olympi Stadium in the Cameroon capital, um, botching the name up, Yandy, to watch the host country by Comoros Island in at least 16 knockout game in Africa's top football tournament. People, six, at least six killed in just trying to get into a stadium? So listen to this. Witnesses at a stadium said children were among those caught up in the crush. The witnesses said it happened when stadium stewards closed the gates and stopped allowing people in. So officials at the nearby Masasi Hospital said they had received at least 40 injured people from the stampede. Here's some quotes. Some of the injured are in desperate condition. Um, Alinga Prudence is a nurse there. 
We will have to evacuate them to a specialized hospital, the quote says. Officials said about 50,000 people had tried to attend the match. The stadium has a capacity of 60,000, but it was not meant to be more than 80% full for the game because of restrictions on the size of the crowd amid the coronavirus pandemic. The Confederation of Africa Football, which runs the Africa Cup of Nations, said in a statement it was aware of the incident. Whoa, whoa. A lot of stuff going on in Cameroon right now. Anyways, going to the NFL. Bruce Arian said Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. You can't say Tampa Bay without saying Tampa Bay. All right. Anyway, Bruce Arian says Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be reloading. That's a quote that he said. Reloading, not rebuilding this offseason. So kind of anxious to see. We're going to talk more about that maybe a little bit because I'm not really a Tom Brady fan. But um, he did get a penalty on that. I'm telling you, that guy got a penalty after he busted his face right in the mouth. I forget who the one that hit him. Um, but yeah, that was a penalty and, uh, Brady was really upset, but they lose 30, 27 and it's fell uh, NFC divisional round to the Rams. See what the LA Rams will do, um, in the AFC championship game or NFC championship game, um, man against the 49ers, uh, more to come on that as I like to talk about. Okay. So there's your top headlines, um, on your Monday. All right, so now we're in our top of conversation, the Recap Monday Special Edition, the NFL Playoffs. They're in the divisional round. Bengals move on. There's a lot to talk about here and a lot to discuss. I'm hoping I can – I got some notes here that I took right when I got home. I've only been home for about 45 minutes, and I'm trying to drop this podcast on you guys. It's about 7.18 p.m., January 24th. Eastern Standard Time. So just to let, let you guys know, so when you guys listen to this, this is the time that you're at. Um, so I had a YouTube video, didn't go very well, the Cincinnati versus Tennessee AFC Divisional Round. Actually, the WWT5 crew of US, uh, USS Cincinnati, that was a little fun fact there. Then a little fun facts of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. But unfortunately, the laptop froze on me. But anyways, don't probably not don't go on the uh, YouTube and, and see me. You can go on there and check everything else out. Just don't look at that video. Anyway, now we're going to go. I don't know if I want to talk about Cincinnati Bengals right off the rip, but we might. Um, so here we go, because it's the first game that was on the slate on the Saturday afternoon game at 430. So the Bengals versus Titans. The Titans were favored by three and a half. Take a look at this. And I, I said it was going to be an under, which it was. And I won that. And then I said it was going to be Bengals that won that won the game straight out upright in the AFC Divisional Playoffs 1916. The Nasty Natty gets the dub, and Joe Burrow like ice in his veins. And then McPherson it it runs. See how it runs downhill when all this stuff happens. This Zach Martin guy, this coach coming out of nowhere, he must have ice in his veins as well because everything reflects from the coach. All right, so you got Joe uh, Ice Man Burrow. But he's been like that his whole career, really, even in college um, when he was at LSU. Probably set him off, probably triggered him when he was at the Ohio State as a third stringer. Then he went to LSU, got a championship. Now he's confident. Not arrogant. That's big. That's difference. I'm, I'm still trying to, at 37 years old, still trying to figure out the difference between arrogance and confidence. That's all I got to say. McPherson, I was going to talk a little bit about him. Um, the rookie from Florida, right? We all know that now. Um Wins the field goal. Time expires, 1916. No doubt about it. Didn't even look. I guess he was practicing. I know you probably heard this on all over the stations on Cincinnati and all that stuff and the Nasty Natty, baby. But um, I guess when he was warming up, he did a he did a warm-up kick. Joe Burrow said he was over there by him, 
And now McPherson's like, yeah, we'll win this. We're going to the AFC Championship game. And Burrow's like, all right, dude, whatever. You know what I mean? So McPherson goes out there, makes the perfect kick, goes right down the middle. And uh, I was going to do a little fun fact here. I'm trying to bounce around with my notes and then with the with the picks that I have since we're sitting here at the Bengals right now. Um, by the way, individual stats and accolades, 28-37, to 348 yards and an INT for Mr. Burrow. Didn't get a touchdown, though, but he flung it around a lot. Um, Mixon, only 54 yards rushing, and Jamar Chase gets the triple digits, 109 to be exact, with only five receptions. Chase beast mode. They really got whoever I'm telling you right now, the GM and the ownership and all that stuff, it all trickles down. And the whoever it is that made all these decisions, I'm sure that big-time bingo fans will know and tell me and yell at me and be like, hey, dude, it was this guy. Um, the inside, the office and all that stuff and the coaching and all that, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, all the special teams and everything, goes all the way top to bottom. Whoever picked all these guys, they got Burrow, they got Mixon, they got Chase. All these players on the Cincinnati Bengals roster from the depth chart is freaking ridiculous. They're all really good. The defense is good. They're off, I'd say the only really thing that the Cincinnati Bengals really need in this offseason is going to be an offensive lineman. The whole entire line. I don't know, you get a, get you a... I don't know if you want to get like a couple in the draft or or do all of or maybe just do a couple in the draft and then maybe get like a good center or franchise like um get get somebody in the uh free agency something like that so a really good probably veteran guy that can teach all these younger guys that are coming in get you a good veteran guy that starter and then get a couple um a nice little offensive lineman picks and this next offseason draft for the draft. And they should be pretty much set after that. And then it's it's a no doubter. No doubter because they, they went 10 and 7, which is a really good season for them. Um they they win the wild card. They win against Tennessee. Tennessee's a number one seed, by the way, in AFC, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And uh another side little note that I was talking about with the with the uh, Bengals that um I was just doing. I got a hot take to talk to you about, which I talked about on uh, Facebook. If you follow me on Facebook, um, then yeah, you got that. But I want to talk about that too. And then also the McPherson guy, the kicker. Um, now he cut. Like I said, he called game with the highlight, right? And then there's a nice little. I saw it on Instagram with him um, kicking. And remember that bottle challenge when everybody was doing like those kicks and and uh, 360 kicks and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, sliding the bottle cap off. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but it was McPherson on that one clip. He freaking dude, he, he the dude kicks it like a, it was like a freaking six, like up in the um, banister, right? I don't know. He like kicks it up in this banister. There's a, like a Gatorade bottle like taped on one of the banisters and there's a camera sitting there. McPherson kicks it has like a little nice little left to right curve and then slides and just barely nicks the cap, slides the cap off and falls off. I'm like, what? I was like, I, I posted on the Instagram. I'm like, dude, is that for real? Was that freaking for real, bro? Because that was freaking sick. I was like, there's no way. I was like, WTF? That's, that did not happen, did it? No one answered me yet on Instagram, but apparently it happened. I don't know. Anyways, um, coming to the hot take, right, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Who's the only team that has beaten the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl back in 1981 and 1988? Fun fact for you. Giving you five seconds to answer. 
San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers are still in it, okay? And they're in it to win it. Jimmy G coming out here trying to win games. I mean, he tries to throw them away as well, but he they won. They got the dub. 49ers are playing the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals versus... Shoot, I forgot who won now. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chiefs, obviously. Duh. So... Now, if 49ers win, Cincinnati wins, it's going to be a Cincinnati 49er rematch taking you 30 years, coming 30-plus years ago, back when Boomer Esiason was a quarterback. Yes, Boomer Esiason was a quarterback for the Cincinnati Red or Bengals, sorry. So, and he's on, well, he's on that NBC or whatever on there, too, so you see him there. Looking good still, you know, he's like 60s up, 55, something like that. I think he's 55. Sorry about that. Sorry, Boomer, 55. And, um... So that's that's what a, a little there's like a rematch vindication for the Cincinnati Bengals losing twice in 1981 1988 to the San Francisco 49ers. Can there be redemption there? Is there going to be a, a, a rematch involved here? That's pretty nice. My brother sent me a nice message. This is a whole other side note. All the games won by four at four seconds. All like was it three games or whatever it was? Three games won at four second mark. That was pretty crazy. Just a little, little wah, 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 conspiracy type thing or something, you know that that just that just shows it's rigged. It's all rigged. Anyways, if it was rigged, I think they'd want Tampa Bay to win again. But anyways, everybody's getting tired of hearing about Tampa Bay and all them. So, so I had the I had the Bengals. The Bengals actually helped me out a lot with the Tennessee Titans because I won hundred percentile in that one with the win over the Titans, even though they were favored by three and a half. And then the over or the under on the 47 and a half. I think there are only like nine, 30, 35, I think, 35 total points. So they're under like by like 12, by like 12 points there, 12 and a half. So they definitely had a, a defensive battle going on. I think it was only like seven nothing or something like that. Um, yeah, it was six nothing after the first. So they went into the half at like nine to six. A lot of field goals, and then they finally got a touchdown in the third for for the Bengals. But the Titans ro- roared back in the third as, as well. But the Bengals said, "Shut the door and lock it." And the final fourth seconds left, and there is your game with Evan McPherson. Um, but anyways, so they're just Cincinnati Bengals, and then I'm I'm gonna be done talking about that. So 49ers and Packers. Packers didn't look very good, and I really had the Packers, especially at home in Lambeau. I really thought Aaron Rodgers and, and company was going to tear it up there. Um, but it uh, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Gold's field goal on final play gives 49ers a 13-10 upset of Packers. I didn't watch this, but that was at the last play as well with no time left. There's another four-second win. San Francisco goes into Lambeau Field, frozen tundra, really cold in the snow in Green Bay. The only NFL team that's owned by the stadium, at least. The, the stadium is actually owned by the people of Green Bay. And they lost. Get your cheese heads and throw them away. And is Aaron Rodgers, that's another little hot take too as well. I don't know if it's going to hot take, but is Aaron Rodgers going to be back next season? All my Green Bay Packer fans that watch, that, that listen to me or watch me on YouTube and all that stuff, if you're listening to this, answer this question. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be back or is he going to be gone he gone i think he's gone but we'll see i don't think he's going to deal with it again 
I mean, I think the the office let him. This is pretty much an out this year. I was surprised he even played that many games this year, to be honest. I told my brother he's probably only going to play like five or ten, five to ten games. Anyways, so the Packers um, win or the Packers lose. I had the Packers, and this is the game. 49ers really destroyed me on this, and then the over as well. I had it over uh, for 47, and they only had 23 total points in a whole entire game. And if I would have known the weather, I, I should have known in Lambeau Field that it would have been a lot of more defense there. But um, they only had 23 total points, like almost half of what the over-under was. And I had the over, loser, loser. The um, Yeah, I'm going to cross that and put a big old L on that. Loser on that game. So anyways, going to the Bills and the... Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead here. The Rams and the Bucks. I watched a little bit of that. That was, I think that was yesterday. I got off work a little early, so I watched probably a quarter or two of that. Um, the Rams and Bucks game. Bucks were actually favored by two and a half. The over/under on that was forty-eight, by the way, and they went over, which was good. So fifty-seven um, for the forty-eight. So they're they're pretty much almost ten over um, for that. So I won that, but I and I got the Rams. Um, so, and they won by three. So the Rams and the Bucks, LA baby, Matthew Stafford, 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 Stafford gets the dub. Gay's 30 yard field goal lifts Rams over Brady Buccaneers 30, 27, another game winning field goal, a 30 yarder to win it. And they went back and forth at the final end. And there was turnovers after turnovers after turnovers. Well, with like two minutes left, I don't know what was going on, but let's take a look at Matthew Stafford's stats. If you win, you get the individual accolades, 20 to 38, 366 yards and two touchdowns. Look at acres, 24 carries and 48 yards. Cooper cup, the best route runner in the league. The best. What did, what did he say? He said that he was, he's like the number one, um, like at the top of the route, like the best in the NFL right now. Nine receptions. Listen to this. 183 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup was everywhere, all over the place. Mike, now Mike Evans, he had triple digits as well, but we're not talking about him on the losing side. Sorry about you, Mike Evans, but we're talking about Cooper Cup today. Cooper Cup gets the win. Matthew Stafford with a dime at the last second, dude, to get the field goal in. I remember seeing that part. Dude, that Matthew Stafford pass was freaking sick. Anyways, I'm trying to think what was that? What was the play when he threw it right into the guy's freaking um, arms? I think that was another one that he did. I believe that was um, – I'm trying to think if that was Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. I don't know who that was. When they did a touchdown, it was like he like turned and caught it. Maybe that wasn't this game. That must have been another game. Um, and it was either it had to be the Bengals or Titans because I didn't watch any of the other games. I watched a little bit of the Rams and Bucks and then the Bengals Titans because I didn't watch any of the later games. So it had to be that game. I just don't know who it was. A really good pat, a really good throw. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, but the Rams get it. The Rams are playing the 49ers, like I said. In the NFC Championship game, Tampa Bay is out, and that was another like kind of question for you guys too that I was wanting to talk about: Is Tom Brady retiring? Is Tom Brady done? So we got 
We got Aaron Rodgers. Could be done. I don't think he's retiring, but he could be done in Green Bay. I don't want to see him leaving Green Bay, but I know there's a lot of people up in Green Bay and Wisconsin that are. he's a diva. He brings a lot of negativity to the organization. Um, not a player's... He's not not really um, has a lot of friends there um, with with uh, his you know with his team. Um, so that's why I'm hearing at least. So kind of kind of keeps himself and all that. But anyways, I don't even want to get into that. I just don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Don't know where Tom Brady is going to go or your retired. It almost seemed like um, one of the guys brought it up to me. Now, it does seem like that it was like almost a retiring-type game. If you remember looking in on, on the uh, Tampa Bay uh, and Rams game, um, when you look up there, there's a gazelle. I don't even know how you say her name, gazelle or whatever. Um, she was up there like eating something. I don't know what she was eating. But then like the whole like kind of family or whatever, a lot of people up in that booth in the suite um, that was on TV and all that stuff. So... I don't know if that's kind of like, almost felt like a going away party for Tom Brady going into the to the sunlight and the limelight, getting getting out of there. Um, needs to go home and probably t- take care of his wife, take care of his kids. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying that he needs to go off and leave and retire. He, I mean, he might. He's 44, almost 45 years old. Turns 45 in like what April or something, August, whatever it was. Um, I forgot exactly when his birthday is, but um, yeah, it's just. Kind of, I'm not. I wouldn't say disheartening. The dude's the freaking best of ever, and who best have ever ever played the game. I mean, I I I can ha- I can say that. I used to be a Tom Brady hater, man. I'm serious. I used to hate Tom Brady with a passion because he went to Michigan and all that stuff. New England Patriots, they're like the 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 team I hate the most in the NFL. I despise the New England Patriots. I despise the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are the two teams I hate the most. And um, ever since I watched the match. When it was Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, and all that. I forget who the other, Bryson Shambo or something like that. I forget who the other guy was. Oh, no, I think it was Brooks Kepler or something. Um, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady versus Phil Mickelson and I think Brooks Kepka. That was like six months ago or eight months ago or so. I was in Wisconsin when I watched it. But it was, I, I watched it. He's like, Tom Brady's like a freaking stud, dude. Like, he's like, he has stuff to say. He's like making fun of everybody. He's like, dig, puts little digs in you. Like, just... I thought it was freaking hilarious. I was like, dude, I like this. I was like, I like this guy. He's got some sarcasm. That's definitely me. And kind of an a-hole. I mean, that's me too. So there you go. I like the guy. But anyways, um, let's go back to the, uh, so Rams win. All right. Now we're going to go to the Bills and Chiefs. Apparently, I didn't get to watch it, but apparently this was like the best game of the season. A back and forth battle. Chiefs rally past the Buffalo Bills 42-36 in overtime and wild playoff game. And supposedly he won. He won this with 13 seconds left. So Josh Allen, look at these accolades though. Allen versus Mahomes. It looked like a big time QB matchup here. So the leading team on rushing yards were both quarterbacks for both teams. Wonder when that, where's my stat checker on that? See if that when's the last time that happened. So Josh Allen, 27-37, 329 yards and four touchdowns. Don't get all upset, Buffalo Bill fans, because you got Josh Allen for the next, what, decade? And then you got Patrick Mahomes, 33-44, 378 yards and three touchdowns. So individual accolades, a little bit more yardage passing with Mahomes, but one extra touchdown for Allen. So that's kind of nil right there. Then you got your rushing yards. Allen versus Mahomes. Allen had 68 yards with 11 carries. Mahomes had 7 carries, 69 yards. So Mahomes edged him out by a yard, but 
it goes to Mahomes. Why? Because he's got a TD. And now you got the receiving yards. Davis versus Hill was a big-time matchup. Hill can be everywhere. I have to tell you this. Mahomes and Hill were my uh, fantasy for the whole entire season. But thank you guys for not stepping up through the whole season, but you step up in the playoffs. Thanks. But anyways, Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Davis, 8 receptions, 201 yards, and 4 touchdowns. I said 200. I said 201. He dropped a deuce century mark on you. 201 yards, dude, receiving. That's freaking studly right there, especially in a divisional round where everybody comes out to play. And Tyreek Hill, dude, you can't guard that guy. You can't guard him one-on-one. you gotta, you got to press coverage him, not get a little body on him. He's a small dude. You put a body on him, throw him down to the ground if you have to within the five yards. I'd push him down to the ground. You get a bigger body like Jalen uh, J- uh, Ramsey on him, you'd be all right. Anyway. So apparently this game was freaking awesome. I heard about it um, on the podcast earlier this morning. It was at Arrowhead Stadium. And like I said, um, when I picked, did my picks, you can't beat Kansas City at Kansas City. 54 was the over-under. It was, what, 470, 78. 78 was a total. It did go in overtime, but that's 78 for a 54 over-under. So that was de- definite domination, and I definitely picked over on that, if you guys remember the Friday podcast. And then I picked the Chiefs by two. And they said, I told I told y'all that they were going to win at least by two. Did I not tell you guys this? You got to listen to me. I went three for four. I went 75% in the NFL picks. So don't tell me that's really good. But anyways, so there's your uh, NFL matchups, NFL picks. And then you got your 49ers versus the, um, man, I can't think. 49ers versus Rams, Bengals versus Chiefs. Well, stay tuned for Friday's sh- or yeah, Friday's show. We'll talk about the NFL picks. All right, then we're going to talk about um, the matchups as well for the UFC. If there's a UFC fight on as well, I have to look for that. So, according to the UFC picks, now my dog was stamming. I'm gonna well, let me take a look at um, who won here. So I had Giles. Giles won. Stammen was my uh, dog, and he did not win. Nurmagomedov, Saeed Nurmagomedov, 15-2. He wins by submission in round one. Just totally destroyed my dude. I was way off on that dog. But I got Pereira, decision in, uh, after three rounds, over Fialo. And then this was like a real big fight. So I, I've only lost one so far, okay? Are you ready for this? And then... um. Actually, yeah, so here we go. So this was the co-main event. Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo. And I, I picked Figueredo, and Figueredo did win, but apparently this was like one of the fights of the year as well, and last year. And I guess this is the trifecta, the trilogy. That was the trilogy fight for Moreno and Figueredo. Um, and they were fighting in Orange uh, down in Orange County, um, California, over by Tijuana, and that's where Brandon Moreno is actually from. So there's a lot of Mexicans there, and Figueredo was kind of, he liked it. They were all booing him and all that stuff. And he wants to, I think he wants, he, first he said he was going to fight in Mexico City. And he, re, he, he was like, nah, we're not going to do that. It's my turn. I win. So we're going to be fighting in Brazil. So I think Figueredo, if they do, a, uh, the, so, supposedly it's going to be a, what, what do they call it? Tetra, Tetra something fight. It's like a four. It's a four one. Um, like the trilogy after the trilogy. I, I don't really remember exactly what it's like. Tetra something. Um, so I'd love to see that as well. Flyweight, co-main, Figueredo wins, goes to decision. There's a lot of upset with the Moreno people, but Figueredo got the win. 
Now, with the Engano and Gon fight, I picked Gon. I thought Gon was going to pick him apart, to be honest. Now, this went all the way to decision. So, Francis Engano, I mean, I saw a little bit of highlights on this, and he I didn't know he had wrestling in him. I did not know he can wrestle. So, this guy is scary. Very scary. So, with the one-punch power can drop you, he literally has, like, the strongest punch in history of all time. His his punch per square inch per cubic inch will pre, is pretty much the same as a Ford Focus driving thirty five miles an hour and hitting you. That's how hard Francis Ngano hits you. And I think maybe Gan because he knew that Gan was probably going to be a little bit faster than him, so he used that used the the wrestling his wrestling skills, which I did not know he had, to dominate him. And Gan needs to work on his wrestling as well. But I foresee in this next future that they might be fighting again if Dana White, I know they have problems with, with Dana White doesn't like Ngano. Ngano says, I'm making more money, dude. I'm only making $600,000. I'm, I'm fighting my butt off here. And I'm only getting $600,000. And people in boxing, I, I think I heard one, there's a, like a no-name guy that won this past weekend, I think. And he won $400,000. And he's like a nobody. He's like he's like the twenty fifth guy or twenty eighth guy, in in boxing, and it wasn't even on. I think there was only like five thousand people in the stands, and the dude got four hundred thousand. So pretty much almost made the same exact money as Engano does, and he's a heavyweight champ. So I know see I they've been saying that a lot for the past probably decade. I remember Tito Ortiz and all them. I think Tito Ortiz was the first one to leave UFC and go to Bellator. If you guys remember that, so um, I know Dana White. It seems like he's kind of. A little um, finicky with uh, with his money, or kind of stingy with what he makes, and um, with all the other different broadcasts and stuff. He'll now he'll spend money. Obviously, he he spent money out there in uh, uh, Fight Island, the Os Island down there. Um, way out, I don't even know where that was at, like out in uh, Arabic countries or something like that. I forget exactly where it was during the COVID and all that stuff. But um, love to see that. I'd love to see that. I'd love to go to that actually. But um, yeah, Dana White is known for. Uh, kind of keeping his money and and watching how he spends it and hoarding it. Actually, it seems it seems like he's just hoarding all this money. That's what it seems like. I mean, like the, if you're just a big main guy, you get your money for pay per view and all that stuff. Now that's why everybody was leaving and going to Bellator. So Bellator is kind of big too. I used to be on Spike. I remember that. I don't know if it's still on Spike TV. I don't even know if Spike TV even exists anymore. But anyway, there's your fights. There's your picks. I lost two. One two. Out of five fights, I went two of five. I went, uh, I went one. Let's see, one. No, no, no. Giles lost. No, Morales won. Sorry about that. If you guys listened to that in the very beginning of this UFC fights, Michael Morales wins wins by KOTKO in round one with four hundred six. So I only went fifty percent in this. So that was one, two, three, four, five. Actually, five. So I only got three out of the five. One, two, three. The last three fights is the one I won. The first two fights in the main card, I lost. So there's that. All right. Now let's see. Is there anything else that I wanted to talk about? I know we were discussing some of the kickers. There was like a kicker weekend for the divisional round. We talked about the uh, McPherson with the Bengals. And I like to see out there and then I did like the nice little Cincinnati Bengals 49er hot take for the Super Bowl rematch the Bengals need to fight their way back 
and uh, maybe get redemption if it's the 49ers and Bengals. I really, I kind of really think I'm going, I'm going on the Bengals train. I know Kansas City's looking freaking sick. I mean, that, the only thing that will lose for the that the Bengals will lose is um, their offensive line. I think that's the really the weakest link there for the Bengals, and it really showed in that divisional round and in this AFC Championship game. It's probably going to even get exposed even more, but. Kansas City is really not that tough on defense. I don't really think they can probably get... It'll probably be an easier matchup, honestly, for Burrow and the offensive line at least. Now, their defense with Mahomes and Alaire and and Hill and everybody else, Travis Kelsey, I didn't even mention him. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. And Mahomes can throw the, sling the ball around. He can throw deep. He can run. He can do it all. It's just like you saw in the divisional round game against the Buffalo Bills. So now, now we got uh, the, let's see. We got the Bengals and the Chiefs and then the Pack, or the 49ers and the Rams. I only missed a couple UFC fights. And that should be about it. And there is, and then the hot take thing that I had that I tried, tried to talk about in the recap, but I'm trying to look back at it again. The AFC Championship game, Mahomes only needed 13 seconds. Who knew that Mahomes only needed 13 seconds to win in the divisional round? I, I, that blows my mind. And then the, oh, I heard that today. It took, it took Dak Prescott 17 seconds. So it literally took Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs less time to do the plays and kick the field goal then it took Dak Prescott to run 17 yards. <laughs> oh man, I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan too. So it really it really hurts me right now, but it's okay. I like to see the, the Bengals are in it, so that's good. The nasty natty skyline. Go get some skyline today. Chili cheese conies. Anyways, and that's Age of Us Talk Sports. Love you guys. Tip your waitress. God bless.